Welcome to the podcast. I'm Katie. I'm Hannah. And this is One Kiss Means Forever. This is our special fan birthday present episode um, that touches on what is crazeworthy and what is cringeworthy between uh, uh, in the made for TV romances slash teen romances <laughs> um, that you can find on Netflix, Hallmark, in this case, Disney, <laughs> and all the other places that you might find such things. <laughs> so we're really excited about this one. Uh, do you want to share the birthday? Sure. So we're doing this. Um, not that I think this person has ever seen this movie, honestly. <laughs> But um, my sister is a big fan of ours, uh, which I I greatly appreciate that she doesn't just listen to us out of obligation. Thank you. So uh, I was thinking about what we should do for her birthday, and um, I decided that it should be a Disney movie (laughs) because it just should, and that that just makes a lot of sense to me. Um, But then, you know... can't be a regular Disney movie because that's not in our brand. So right. it then we end up in the uh, Disney Channel original movie world. And so I picked this one because I've watched it a lot. <laughs> um, I don't, we'll get into my weird fascination with this movie. <laughs> I'm so stoked, and Hannah let me write the synopsis on this one, so I'm, like, so excited. <laughs> it's, I, I don't know. I, I honestly cannot quite tell you why I kind of love this movie. I have an inkling. <laughs> but here we go. Um, so this movie is called Starstruck. Originally on Disney, but we watched it on Disney Plus. So this is what, uh, this is the synopsis a la Disney Plus. Pop star Christopher Wilde has fame, fortune, and a big budget Hollywood movie awaiting him. But after meeting with Jessica Olsen, a down-to-earth girl from the Midwest, he's faced with following his heart or doing what's best for his career. <laughs> uh, it didn't tell who starred in this, but um, it is Sterling Knight and... Someone else. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, Danielle something or other. Yeah, yeah, her name is Danielle. That's true. Um, so this movie opens on handsome blonde pop star singing a song called Starstruck. Hello, opening credits. <laughs> um, and he is Christopher Wilde, and he is all the rage. All the girls love him. <laughs> I, I got the impression that he's like a, a Justin Bieber pre- Meltdown. Yeah. Um, this movie was actually produced by a woman named Jane Bieber, but they are not related. Uh, so Chris is managed by his parents and is living in L.A. where all the stars live. Uh, and it's the pop idol dream, complete with the stereotypical hot blonde girlfriend who wants the paparazzi to follow their every move and be in all the papers. Um, now that he is at the height of his musical career, Chris is being considered for a big-time Hollywood movie. However, the Hollywood mogul isn't convinced Christopher is a serious, committed actor. Maybe because he's not, but, you know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, but it, but he's not convinced of this because of his questionable presence in the tabloids. Uh, specifically, one 
TMZ-esque operation called Starstruck. Um, it, this is TMZ exclusively about Christopher Wilde, though, right? I don't know. I got the impression that it was kind of like TMZ slash Entertainment Weekly, but we only see the Christopher Wilde stuff. But also it seems like it's very, like, teen-focused. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Christopher has to promise promised to stay out of the tabloids long enough for the mogul to convince his Hollywood cronies that Christ is in fact castable. And he's got the job. Right. So meanwhile, in Kalamazoo, Michigan, the Olsen family is planning a trip to LA to visit their grandmother. Big sister Sarah is obsessed with Christopher Wilde and is manically planning to meet Christopher whilst in L.A. come hell or high water. She has mapped out all of his favorite spots and routines with a not-stalkery-at-all pop-up book strategy. Her little sister Jessica is too mature and sophisticated to obsess over someone as vapid as Christopher Wilde, and she ridicules her sister's obsession with almost every breath. So Jessica and the family arrive in California, and Sarah is supremely disappointed that she's not old enough to rent a car, <laughs> which I just thought, like, of course, like, <laughs> every teenager knows this. Like, this is the kind of rule where I feel like you would just, know, you would know I don't this. know. I don't know if I would. I'm like, I can drive a car. Why can't I rent one? I mean, 25 is kind of a weird age. It's a weird, I, that part's weird, but I feel like a 17-year-old would be like, True. I know I'm not allowed to drive. Like, I, you would have, like, figured that out well before you arrive at the parking lot of the rental car company. But whatever. <laughs> Uh, so this means that she doesn't have the freedom to stalk Christopher uh, at her leisure. Uh, so in order to be mobile, she has to borrow their grandma's awesome mauve car called Petunia. Um, it's a little unclear if it's actually called Petunia. or if Jessica- They name her Petunia. Yeah, but does Jessica do that or did anybody else? Unsure, but (laughs) Petunia Uh, is a name. (laughs) They call her Petunia. Um, And pretend to take little sister Jessica sightseeing around L.A. Yeah. So, Sarah finds out through the grapevine that Christopher is singing at his girlfriend Alexis's huge birthday bash. So she convinces Jessica to go with her with a promise of, I will stop talking about Christopher for the rest of the trip if you go with me. So they show up at the club, and Sarah sneaks in by posing for a picture with a random dude, she thinks. But this random dude is actually Christopher's best friend, Stubby. Uh, Jessica waits in the car. So, inside the party, Christopher somehow is able to sneak in his own auto-tune system (laughs) and (laughs) blows the roof off the party with a special song for Alexis about wearing sunglasses. (laughs) Um... (laughs) So Sarah is freaking out with excitement, but she can't seem to manage to get close to him through the crowd of this club. So soon the clock strikes midnight and Jessica is sick of waiting in the car on the street. So she decides to go find her sister by walking alone through L.A. through dark alleys because she's brilliant, this girl. (laughs) It's real dumb. Uh, Around the club and... She physically gets hit by the stage door when Christopher is making his, like, secret escape. Um, he knocked her pretty darn well, and Christopher doesn't want Jessica's injury to create a scene, so he packs her up in his fancy red car and takes her to the hospital because she throws up, and they're worried about, like, if it's a concussion or something. Right. Um, so luckily, Christopher's sister who we never meet and is never talked of again 
uh, is married to a doctor who works at the hospital. And so they go to him and all is well. Jessica's fine. She just, you know, kind of fluke vomit thing. (laughs) Um, However, the paparazzi have followed them to the hospital. So he takes his brother-in-law's car, like clunker car, to take Jessica home. Thus begins the first move in our new favorite game. Oh, no, the paparazzi. Quick, we need to trade cars. (laughs) This happens a lot. It does. (laughs) So Jessica is not grateful at all for the free health care. She screams at Christopher to take her home, and he's impatient to get rid of this bitch. But his mom calls and says that he needs to come to the house too sweet because he simply must sing a song at the fancy party that they are throwing for the Hollywood moguls. He takes Jessica home with him and hides her in an upstairs room while he goes down to serenade the mogul's starstruck daughters. Jessica hears him play and watches him from the balcony, where it's obvious that she experiences some admiration for his uh, musicality. Seriously, his auto-tune is super impressive, but that smile, though. <laughs> he's like, he's he's real high school cute. He's He is. Like, like he's, it, it's... It's the kind of thing where you're like, as an adult, you're like, oh, I totally would have been into that. I don't, he was not my, it, I, he I'm wasn't not, my type, but no. like, but you, like, I, it's a, it's a sort of like an intellectual cute to me of like, yeah. I get why somebody would be into this. Like Chris, like Chris Hemsworth is that for me. Okay. I, I but at least he's an adult. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, I was more into Shia LaBeouf. At this age. Okay. Even Stevens was the thing. Okay. All right. Um, so, uh, Jessica is not at all grateful for anything that Christopher has done, um, including the free ride home. She bitches at him the whole time, adamant that she's not his fan, um, and she isn't convinced by his celebrity. Um, and he can't fathom that someone doesn't adore him, but still tries to kind of like apologize for her whole experience. And she's kind of like, whatever, we're, are we quite finished? Um, but the paparazzi have now followed him to her house too. So he asks Jessica to help hide his car and shelter him until the morning, which she does for in theory money. Oh yeah. He's like, I'll give you five grand. Yeah. I don't know that money ever trades hands in this movie. She like, but because at some point it gets like sort of forgotten. But he does promise it to her. Um, so she gives him her grandfather's old hat to wear as a disguise in the morning. So the next morning, Christopher is long gone, and big sister Sarah is pumped to try to stop Chris on his favorite beach, which is Malibu. I guess, yeah. Like it was just like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> You know, that old hidden gem. (laughs) Um, So uh, Sarah doesn't see Christopher, but Jessica spots him right away because he's wearing her grandfather's old hat. He reveals to her that the paparazzi have swarmed his home and he's not able to go back, which means round two of, oh no, the paparazzi, quick, we need to trade cars. Jessica takes Christopher to Petunia, but the beach is starting to fill up with those dang papa paparazzi. (laughs) 
They both jump into the car to make a quick getaway, leaving an unaware Sarah on the beach alone, presumably without a car. But don't worry. We find out later that she somehow got the keys to Chris's car, which excites and confuses her greatly. But it also means that she now has Chris's home address from the registration, which is troubling, but <laughs> yay, Sarah. <laughs> well, Jessica switch, switches out the keys. I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. She goes to Sarah, like, for somebody who's stalking, Sarah's really bad at it because she's, like, lying on the beach with headphones and her eyes closed. Oh, I must have looked away at this <laughs> Like, she is, she is not looking around. She is not trying to find Christopher at this point. She's just listening to his music, like, on the beach by herself. And so trying Je- to manifest him. Yeah, so Jessica goes into her purse and swaps their keys. So she I makes Christopher that. give her... She's like, I'm not leaving Sarah without a car. So that's what she does. But also Sarah's reaction to, like... Oh, this is not my car, but I have keys for it. I guess that's cool. Is baffling. I know. Like, it happens every day. <laughs> and it's Christopher Wilde's. Yeah. Um, so, meanwhile, to wait, to wait out the paparazzi on the beach, Christopher offers to be Jessica's L.A. tour guide. Which means it's montage time. Woo-hoo! So, they go to... Grammy's Chinese Theater and Venice Beach and Rodeo Drive and the Planetarium from La La Land, which it has a name, but I don't remember what it is. Nope, it's Planetarium from La La Land. <laughs> it's it's famous. I just, I can't remember. Uh, the, they go to the Hollywood sign uh, and Jessica and Christopher are like starting to have fun together and smiling and taking pictures and like just being cute, you know, in that like high school you're my first boyfriend kind of boy. Yeah. But da 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 the black paparazzi vans have returned. Yeah. And they have to like swerve to avoid them and promptly get lost and then stuck in a pool of mud. Like stuck stuck like it might be quicksand. <laughs> right. <laughs> and like and Petunia sinks like a dinosaur on the La Brea Tar Prince. <laughs> Yes, um, Chris and Jessica. Chris and Jessica managed to escape, but the car is gone, baby, gone. Like mm-hmm. it is. It yeah, no, not submerged. Um, muddy and unhappy, they both walk back to the beach. Um, during which Jessica and Christopher have a heart-to-heart chat. They do the thing where he says that she's bossy and stuck up, and she says he's out of touch with reality and self-centered. But then they have a moment where they both realize they could both be a little nicer. And then they go swimming in a pond. (laughs) That is one way to get the mud off. Yeah. But long story short, sparks are definitely flying. So, um, so much so that by the time they get to the beach, they're holding hands. Mm. They almost kiss. But when they are interrupted by some surfers, Christopher snaps back to reality and tells Jessica that whatever is happening between them has to end now. He is a star, and she's a regular girl, after all. Oh, and by the way, he should take her camera, since if the pictures that she took gets out, it could ruin his chances at this movie deal. She's heartbroken by this, of course, because she's been in love with him for 15 minutes, but he tries to tell her that he's actually protecting her from the tabloids that would ruin her life. So, cue the heartbreak musical montage. (laughs) Uh, It's a lot of Jessica being sad and mopey and not eating and... Uh, envious of her grandma's new sexy relationship. Yep. <laughs> um, and Christopher is also sad, but also recording music. Because I guess that's how he deals yeah, with it. Yeah, that's the music part of yeah. the montage. Yeah. <laughs> um, and looking longingly at these photos of his adventure with Jessica that he 
that are digitized but also came off of a disposable camera. They, I think they make those though. I almost but that was that what is that what they were using? I am not unsure. Maybe <laughs> who knows? But yeah, it was a disposable camera. Uh, but just is, yeah. So, but despite all these precautions, the tabloids have caught up with Jessica, prompting Chris's girlfriend Alexis to break up with him and start dating Zac Efron. Because she goes, I have a date with Zac. Oh. And so I feel like it was implied that uh, it was Zac Efron. Oh, okay. <laughs> because the subtitles, because I okay. watched it spelled it Z-A, uh, Z-A-C. Oh, okay. So. All right. Uh, and the Hollywood mogul threatens to take away the movie deal unless Christopher tells Starstruck, the, again, the TMZ-like place, that he doesn't know her. So he does. <sighs> Christopher. Badly you, done. You, you teenage boy, you. I know. <laughs> Um, so Starstruck goes so far as to follow the Olsen family all the way to Michigan and camp out on their lawn. Um, sick of it, Jessica confronts them, saying that they have created a media monster and that their hounding has ruined a wonderful and talented person in Christopher Wilde. She doesn't say his name, but she it's implied. Um, Christopher sees the errors, the error of his ways after seeing her in that footage, and um, Stubby also calls him out for being a hypocrite. So Christopher decides that if he has to lie to be a movie star, then no thank you, he'll just stick to music. Oh, and he fires his parents as his managers, which is a good plan. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, back in Michigan, everyone thinks that Jessica lied about meeting Christopher Wilde. Big sister Sarah, uh, who has been relatively chill about yeah. the whole thing in, like, a very un-Sarah-like way, yeah. uh, invites Jessica to go with her to the school dance after seeing how bummed Jessica has been all day and all the shady looks she's gotten from all her friends. So at the dance, who should show up but Christopher Wilde, of course, who is primed with a new song that is perfect musical monologue for the moment. Like, I'm so sorry. I was protecting you. I want the whole world to know what you mean to me. La, 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 la. Jessica is not convinced by the singing, which is fair, um, (laughs) because we know that she isn't convinced by anything remotely sentimental at all. And it also doesn't take away from the fact that everyone thinks she's a liar. Um, As luck would have it, Starstruck also comes to the school dance and is able to get in. Security. We need to discuss security at the school. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Chris has the opportunity to say on TV that he's crazy about Jessica and she was telling the truth, and he, you know, they met. La, la, la. Hooray! So she forgives him, and she finally introduces Chris to her sister Sarah, who promptly faints <laughs> directly into Stubby's arms. Um, and they dance the night away with the promise of a future date. And because one, one kiss, kiss means forever, forever, it is probably a good thing they don't kiss in this movie, because they are only teenagers after all, and forever is an awfully long time. <laughs> But dating a handsome pop star for now will work for Jessica. Hooray! Hooray! The, the end. end. <laughs> so. So, starstruck. Starstruck. So, Hannah, why don't you just say, like, first of all, thank you for making me watch this movie. Because I think it's everything that I daydreamed about when I was, like, 12, 13, whatever. <laughs> I don't know why, like, I found this movie in the first place. I periodically watch this movie. It's really I, a problem. Wow. Because <laughs> it, it's not good. 
It, I mean, it's fun, though. It, but I I have a really good time watching it, even though it's also uh, bonkers. It is bonkers, but it's a fun kind of bonkers. <laughs> um, the, like, the most bonkers moment, I think, only to me is the fact that, like, Petunia dies. Like, Petunia is gone. <laughs> it's She's dead and buried. Um, and nobody talks about it until there's a line the grandma says, and she goes, I've been wondering how I was going to get rid of that old car anyway. And I'm like... <laughs> No, <laughs> right. that's not how that works. Right. You know how you could get rid of this old car? You could sell it. Maybe. <laughs> like it's also everybody's really mean about Petunia, She's and I kind of loved her. I loved her too. <laughs> cute squat little two door mauve car. I'm like I wanted her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it, like it's. She's so supremely uncool. Like she's rounded back to cool. She's retro. Cool. Yeah, like yeah. you know, before she was cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so there's a couple of things that I think we need to talk about that they're just so weird in this movie. One of them is time. Yes. And the other is distance. Huh. <laughs> Space and time. Space and time in this movie are bananas. Let's talk about it. Uh, so I think time is probably a little bit more of a factor. Okay. Because the day that Jessica and Christopher meet each other is a magic day in that it doesn't make any sense because so she goes to find Sarah in the under 21 club because that's what it's called (laughs) um at midnight Mm -hmm. and yet they still manage to go to the hospital go to a party at his parents house in the Hollywood Hills Mm -hmm. and get home at a time where, like, people are out and about and doing things. So, like, earlier than when, <laughs> like, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. No, you're absolutely right. <laughs> and the fact that, like, there's no repercussions. Like, these these parents are not probably, asleep. they're probably asleep because Sarah obviously gets home. But there's no question about it. There's no, like, where did my sister go? No, no but, but also, like, the fact that, the idea that Christopher Wilde would need to sleep in the garage. It's like, why? It's already morning, isn't it? <laughs> like, it should be 5 a.m. right now. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> like, also, like, because the, the party that is at his house is, like, just a weird thing anyway, because, like, there are children there. Yeah. But we, we've been told it's after midnight. Yeah. But it's acting like it's maybe, like, 8.30. <laughs> I, I hate it when, when movies like that happen. I, there's a movie... That Chris Evans directed. Mm-hmm. It stars him and Alice Eve. Oh, the one where they he they like spend the night like walking around New yeah. York City together. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Same same exact thing where like the movie has to start at like eleven thirty midnight <laughs> because the whole premise is that she misses her train out of Grand Central and Grand Central closes and she has to get back right. to Boston or whatever. And, but then they'd go on all of these magic adventures, including go to, like, a high school reunion and, like, all this party. So the final party they end up go to has to be 5 (laughs) a.m. And I don't care if you're like, New York is a city that never sleeps. I don't fucking care. These people are in their 30s. They are not staying out and partying like that till 5 a.m. No, they're not. And still relatively sober. (laughs) That is not happening. Mm -mm, mm -mm. So I'm with you. Time is weird. So in terms of space being very confusing i don't like i don't know exactly where everybody lives or so like i'm not gonna go into the fact that like 
the amount of travel within LA seems impossible for the amount of time that they spend. But what does seem crazy to me is they lose Petunia out in the middle of nowhere and can walk back to Malibu? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I have been to California many times growing up in Arizona, and I loved California. But, like, I know that there are places that you, like, can hike and stuff like that. I think they weren't necessarily in the middle of nowhere. They just didn't know where they were on a map. And that, like, there are, like, hikeable, like, mountainous places like that. I'm unsure. But were, were they that close to Malibu? I don't know where Malibu is. Like, I'm... Like, because they, they started in Malibu. They go into, like, the city part of L.A. Yeah. And do, like, all the touristy stuff. And then they're out on a highway somewhere that does not seem to be close to an ocean. True. So they live in the same place where, like, you know, on Gossip Girl, you can get from the Upper East Side to Williamsburg in 15 minutes. (laughs) It's the same universe. (laughs) But yeah, I was just like, how did they walk back? And they seem like it doesn't seem like we've been going at this for a very long time or like we're tired. It was sort of like we meandered back to the beach. Yeah. And then there's like a lake. (laughs) And then I'm not sure like, you know, how water really pools that way. (laughs) You can get get stuck. So it's time, space, and topography. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, please don't question this. (laughs) It is too confusing. Nor should you because this is meant for a 12-year-old mind. When their only thing is... When do I buy the CD? And oh, his eyes are blue. <laughs> maybe, maybe sometime this can happen to me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I wish it would. I love it. Um, so there are a couple of other like random things that I thought about. I, or I think about when I watch this movie periodically. Yeah. Um, so first of all, they make it seem like Sarah is this older sister who is like my embarrassing little sister Mm -hmm. and like I don't want anything to do with her and like I don't want anybody to know we're related at school blah 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 Jessica seems like far cooler than Sarah right I I think the relationship that's here is very much the same as the sisters in modern family which I don't watch I don't really either but like the older sister is into fashion and her looks and all that stuff she's kind of girly girly whatever but so the younger sister sort of has to be the aloof one Mm -hmm. yeah Um, okay and the more that one that's like more grown up so it's the same sort of dynamic well but the other thing is like there are times when Sarah will be like let's make you pretty enough to be my sister and I'm like this is a gorgeous child I she's too pretty yeah like this girl <laughs> like what are you talking about i think she was 14 at the time F- of 15 movie. 15 yeah and she's so she's like 25 now she's stunning yeah right. i almost feel bad for her right she, she she's she's on the level of like oh you're too pretty she i i looked her up on imdb she was discovered at a hair salon at the age of 10 yeah. Can you imagine being so pretty? Like, this happened to Natalie Portman, too. Being so pretty when you're that young that someone goes, your daughter should be a movie star. That's kind of creepy to me. Yeah. And also, slash, my dream. <laughs> Never happened to me, because I'm awkward as fuck. <laughs> but, like, it, it is a weird, like, you know, it, it's an idea that you're like, I just don't see it, like... She's prettier than Sarah. Yeah, it, that like, was a, that was a sp- suspension of disbelief for yeah. sure. Or uh, Sarah is just 
overcompensating because she feels. Um, so she, like, Sarah, that relationship, because Sarah is so hot and cold on, on her. Like, even to the point of, you know, I had issues with my siblings as a child, but, like, during family vacations where they were the only one I knew, I was like, we are now best friends. No friends. For this week. Thanks. Sarah doesn't do that. It's very much a, like, I'm going to use you relationship. Well, because she wants to meet Christopher Wilde. Like, if they were going to, like, Vermont, I'm sure Jessica would be your best friend and they would play all, they played gin rummy all day, but yeah. not but, LA. Uh, and also, like, their relationship with their grandmother is odd. Because it seems very loving between the, the grandmother and her grandchildren. But it's only reciprocated by Jessica. And they mention they haven't seen each other in multiple years. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. (laughs) Like, it's sort of like, all right. Sure. And like, it's, but also, Jessica doesn't want to go on this trip in the first place. She just wants to hang out with grandma and play shuffleboard. No, but but she's like, can I not go to California? Oh, right. She, She initially asks if she can just not come. And her parents are like, no, you're a child. You cannot stay home by yourself. (laughs) That would be negligent. (laughs) So, lastly, Jessica is a... Bitch. Bitch, 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 bitch. She is very similar to Elizabeth in Unleashing Mr. Darcy. Yep. Of, like, initial, like, how dare you? What is wrong with you? I hate you. Well, now we're going into Hallmark, Hallmark okay. territory. Uh, before we do, one, one more thing. Okay. This is one of those movies where there's a plot point where if you just, like, alter the plot point, it you get rid of, like, most of the story. And the plot is, it is unclear even in the context of the movie, why, after the hospital visit, Christopher Wilde is like, you know what, Jessica, I need to take you to my house before dropping you off. If he had dropped her off, the rest of this movie would be gone. True. You're absolutely right. <laughs> like, yeah, no, you're right. Because then the, he wouldn't have gotten, like, the hat, and he wouldn't have had, like, the only thing might, might have been he would have he, he would have made it home. And stayed home. And stayed home. He just never would have left again. Because the whole, prob- the reason he's out at all, is because he can't get back home without the paparazzi seeing him. Stupid Christopher Wilde. You know not what you do. And, and okay, and then and then you get to, okay, he brought her to his house. If he had asked somebody else or, like, got her a taxi, like, this is pre-Uber, Lyft, sure. If he had said, hey, Stubby, drive this girl home. Right. Like, it's... Well, could, but Stubby took Sarah home. He could have... Said like somebody else take her home. Maybe he was concerned about her because, but his it's I don't know. It's a very weird dynamic that he like he's put himself in this situation that didn't never needed to happen, and so like all the problems are sort of his own making. Well, this is actually really interesting in terms of like script analysis <laughs> because they do say that like every moment should feed into the next moment and that there has to be a moment, like a point of no return or a turning point in the first act that where where everything else follows because of that moment. And so that's it. Like, so you, you picked it. Like yeah. You picked it to the fact that he, like, he, he has to take her home after the fact. Yeah, and do it himself. Uh-huh. But it's, you know, it's it's right up there with the, like, this is how you fix Romeo and Juliet and they live. <laughs> moment you know like it's like if you just like it's really easily fixable guys like you didn't need to okay you're absolutely right (laughs) 
Um, so anyway. Hallmark, Hallmark. Hallmark, Hallmark. So this is my tirade about this. So my first Hallmark, Hallmark, and um, thesis mm-hmm. is the main girl could care less about the heartthrob, which is unwarranted antagonism. But this is the whole plot point of you hate the guy, you get the guy. Because, you see the real him. Well, but that's not even what's going on. Like, so what movies have taught us is if you want someone who is, like, well-liked and famous to love you, you have to be mean to them and not be interested in them and show them how much you're not interested in them for them to acknowledge you and like you. Because if you say, yes, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an admirer of your work, then they won't do... They, this, it's a singing in the rain thing, too. She had to be like, oh, you're high and mighty, blah, 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 before she reveals that she's seen six or seven of his movies. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah. That is the Hallmark, 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 Hallmark. And that is the rule. Yeah. So, friends... If you're ever in the same room as Chris Evans or Chris Pine or any of the Chrises <laughs> that warm your heart, be mean to them <laughs> or they won't love you. Um, the end. <laughs> so uh, I have a few just standard n- not thesis moments. <laughs> um. So they have an outdoor fight, like, you know, like, not a snowball fight, but it's like a water fight in this one. Oh, nice. You know, where they splash water water on each other. Uh, There is a tourism montage. Tourism montage. They have a culminating school dance. (laughs) Yes, they do. Uh, And they also take a selfie, which is actually impossible. Okay. So they take a picture, a a selfie picture, and then they show, like, the, the movie itself shows you the selfie picture, and... Angle-wise, it's impossible that they took that picture. There's, like, no arm or whatever. Well, they are... So, they take the selfie where they're looking down at the camera. And then it's from... The picture that they show you is them looking down from above. Or something, like... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's... It, it, it's not the picture that they took. It's, it's a picture of them taking the picture. You know, I think that that pic... That this whole moment... <laughs> The thing that's getting my brain is this was before we coined this name selfie. Yeah, but it's still a selfie. It's still a selfie, but before we had a word for it. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It's true. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. Before your phone had a, had, like, you could flip your camera and take it from either direction and see what you were taking. That's true. My friend Darcy is particularly good at taking, like, like point and shoot camera selfies. Yeah. Um, we used to do it all the time before we had the word mm-hmm. selfie. Good job, Darcy. But uh, it's a just it gets me every time I watch this movie. I'm like, that's impossible. That's not the picture they took. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I, we mentioned musical montage, sad yeah. movie montage. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of singing in this movie because Christopher Wilde sings. Good job, Chris. Yeah. Um, pretty parade. So, um, I mean, we've talked about how pretty Jessica is, but I have an anti. Yes. And so at the towards the end of the movie, they're back in Kalamazoo and Sarah is using Jessica as a model for her own prom dress. Yeah. <laughs> which is a weird thing that Jessica has agreed to, which is also like you know, like I can see the like I would like my sister to put on all my clothes so that I can see them on a but person. But they're different sizes. They're different sizes, they're different coloring. Yeah. 
Um, I thought they were stepsisters at first glance, to be yeah, honest. Because they don't look related at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also to have Jessica be like, yeah, I'll, I'll do this for you. Like, I just, I don't see a 15-year-old being like, yeah, I'll do that to my sister who's often mean to me. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I just, that, that seems really weird. But anyway, putting all of that aside, the first, really the only dress you see Jessica do this for is this hideous... <laughs> Blue, metallic, 80s-inspired monstrosity. Yeah. <laughs> like something you'd see out of, like, Earth Girls Are Easy. Yeah. Or that, oh, or that the bitch character in 16 Candles would be wearing. Yeah. Like, I wrote a note that no one in 2010 would be caught de- dead in this dress. No. Like, there's no teenager in 2010 who would look at that and say, like, I, I want that off the hanger, let alone as a possibility for myself to wear. <laughs> Like, just like I don't even think you could find it in a store. I don't know where it comes from. <laughs> Maybe their mom's costume trunk or like you know back of mom's closet. Yeah, so that was mine. I had a pretty parade. Okay. Um, just because I absolutely loved Sarah's rainbow madras sundress that she mm-hmm. wears to the beach. She's just wearing this really cute little sundress that's like I think madras is the is this the pattern Mm -hmm. but it's like rainbowy and it's really cute and beautiful and like that is something i would wear yeah but i I actually think you have things that are sort of reminiscent in your closet i do but i want that one mom (laughs) okay we'll look for i want a noompa loompa now (laughs) uh across the universe um i i didn't okay you but you have one i have i have Two. Okay, you take it. All right. So one is more in brand and one is just for fun. So um, in the same year that this came out, Sterling Knight, who plays Christopher Wilde, starred in a movie that I've also seen because I'm me uh, called L, A Modern Cinderella Tale, where he... <laughs> And just going back to you going, I have seen them all. I know all the Cinderella things. Give me all the Cinderellas. Yeah, because I really have. It's I, I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a Cinderella adaptation in this genre that I have not seen. <laughs> so the premise of this Cinderella tale is that Sterling Knight is also a pop star <laughs> false for this like normal girl who like he and she is Cinderella because he catches her singing a song. Oh my god! Uh, in like the recording booth, because she, you know, she works for like the label, but she's not oh, an artist. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he, you know, so he sees her singing, and so she, like, there's they have that in common, and I guess in theory she is going to become a pop star at the end of that movie. But it's like, okay, Sterling Knight, cool, pop star. That's the only thing we can do with him. Time casting. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. I, was I like, love that. It's great. He's, he's playing the same character again. Um, the other thing, which I don't know how to feel about, but my sister and I, who this episode is in honor of, went to dinner last week, just the two of us, at, in like a, you know, a pub bar place. Okay. You know, like pretty like sports bar-y kind of thing. And, you know, music is on above you, around you, in those kind of places, yeah. as they are. And 
I'm a hundred percent sure Christopher Wilde's hero came on. No way! <laughs> Last week? Yes. After we had already decided to do this? Yes. Oh my god! <laughs> like that is like uni- if you don't believe in the universe, <laughs> you are now across it. <laughs> but uh, like it was very much a like I had to, I stopped and I was and I said to her, I was like do you recognize this music? And she was like, I can't hear it. I'm not like, it's yeah. too loud in here. But it was, uh, and I was like, I'm pretty sure I know this song from a Disney Channel ori- original movie. Oh my God. <laughs> like, I like had a little like in my brain, what is happening? This is hysterical That's moment. crazy. Yeah. That's like really but, crazy. But like, uh, like, you know, it, it wasn't even like, oh, we decided to do this movie in honor of my sister and I'm having dinner with her. But also, then you put it in the setting of, like, a sports bra in Times Square. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, and, and you're like, that's how? Some, that's some <laughs> cosmic shit there. Like, truly, truly outrageous. I don't know that we need to do new and noteworthy or supporting shout-out, because those are not really our working for this No, session. I agree. Um, um, and we can't do Kiss Meter, because they don't kiss. We can't do Kiss Meter. Oh, we forgot Interrupted Kiss twice. They, right. Oh, the you're Hallmark, right. Hallmark. There are two. Um, but I decided that the, the it is possible they don't kiss in this movie. Right. Because Danielle, what's-her-face, Jessica was so young. Interesting. Like, I'm not saying it, like, I I didn't look up the um, age difference, but I wonder if there was, like, some, like, she either she didn't feel comfortable or her mom didn't feel comfortable. Like, yeah. she's so young. I, I, yeah. Like, you know, not that, because I know in, again, in L, a modern Cinderella tale, he does kiss her. So I know it's not his thing. So she's born in 95. Yeah. Um, this was 2010. Mm-hmm. So she's, yeah, 15. And Sterling Knight is born in 89. Hmm. So. He's only six years older. Yeah, but at that point. That's a lot. When you're 21. Yeah. And yeah. she's 15. Yeah. I mean, it might have just been like, we don't want to deal with any potential issues. I hear. Or, I think that's a really astute conclusion yeah. to come to anyway anyway cool um cool. so hannah no i think i should ask you oh, yeah, if you, you would should. watch this okay. because we all know i would watch this how many more times will you watch this hannah i, I this is definitely not the last time i've seen this movie <laughs> oh my gosh i would say that I would, yeah, I'd watch this one again for sure, just because it's it's 100% what my daydreams looked like when I was 12 and 13. I'm pretty sure I wrote short stories about me meeting, like, Shia LaBeouf or Adam Sandler or, like, anyone else that I, I had a crush on. I had a crush on everybody. <laughs> this peopled my imagination. Yeah. Stories I, like this. I mean, I just, I love a good famous person meets regular person ridiculous nutso romance I just, like like I, I it's almost like Notting Hill is too plausible <laughs> like I, I wanted to go completely like that's insane that would never happen virgin 
Oh, Notting Hill is so great. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely there with you. I love this brand of movie. Yeah. I love this story. Um, it's just super fun. I kind the only thing that would be like uh, for me is the music is not my style. Oh, it, the music's terrible, and it's I can sing all of it. Super, super. <laughs> Like, auto-tuned. I know I made a lot of jokes in the synopsis about his bringing him his auto-tune with him, so I'm sorry about that. But also the fact that, like, I don't think Danielle Campbell is, like, she is, she's on the, um, Cynthia Busby, whatever her yeah. name is, like, level of... Cindy. Like, Cindy, thank you. Yeah. Uh, she's on the Cindy Busby level of, like, your antagonism is completely unwarranted and you're kind of being a bitch. Yeah. Um, and it's hard for me to watch that one note level of performance sometimes I wanted it a smacker. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I mean, I, I also feel that way, and yet I watch this movie. <laughs> I, I want to say I've seen this, like, five or six times. Like, <laughs> Is that all? Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, it's it's not like I watch it, like, weekly. I watch it, like, yearly. <laughs> but I will say that if this was on after I watched like Phineas and Ferb or, you know, Ratatouille on the Disney yeah. Channel, I'd keep it on. Yeah. It's super fun. Right. Like, I also feel like I don't like sit down and watch it, watch it. I like sit, like, I'll be like, I'll be doing a puzzle or an art project. Yeah. Like, you know, like. Coloring book. Yeah. It's sort of like, it's there and I sort of mentally can tune in and out of it. And That's a good it's point. It's a really. It's it's weirdly comforting to me. You know what though? I have never seen High School Musical. Mm. And it was recommended to me after watching, watching this, this movie. movie. <laughs> so now that we have now Disney Plus is a thing, I feel like I need to go back to the vault. Do we need to do that as an up, up or no? That might be Billy birthday. <gasps> that would be a great Billy birthday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That because okay, the only person that Billy loves more than me is Zac maybe Efron. is Zac Efron <laughs> and maybe Ryan Reynolds tied. This is I just find this movie so absolutely nuts, but weirdly fun. Yeah, I am in just, agreement. Super fun. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. Great. Well, I am starstruck by this whole podcast. H- happy birthday. To my sister. Happy birthday, sister. Happy birthday. And thanks, everybody, for listening along to and going with us on this uh, fun journey that we've just all embarked on together. Um, Hooray. We have come to the end of our uh, road. We've we've made it to prom, guys. Um, (laughs) Petunia is now in the... the, the La Brea Tar Pits. <laughs> we can go no further. Um, so follow us on Twitter at One Kiss Means Forever, where the one and the four are numerical. We we do tweet a lot, um, and we we put things on Instagram, and we, we put things on the Facebook, and all of them have the same handle. Click, click. Um, and you can email us at uh, One Kiss Means Forever at gmail.com, and that is all spelled out, just like it is on our pretty little logo. Um, and make sure to leave us a review and all of that stuff on the podcast app of your your choice. choice. Um, and thank you to Flint Pastures for our intro outro music. You can find his stuff on Spotify and SoundCloud. Should he do a cover of a, of a Christopher Wilde thing? We can recommend him. Oh my God. That'd be amazing. 
Anyway, um, awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Flint Plasters. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will catch you soon. Bye. Bye. I'm the Superman. I can take your hand. Fly you anywhere you want to go. I can read your mind like a billboard sign. Tell you anything you want to hear. I'll be your hero I, I see everything you need If you're the one for me Like gravity, I'll be unstoppable Yeah, and I I believe in destiny I'm just an ordinary guy with heart and soul But if you're the one for me I'll be a hero